Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to a Don't Watch That Jersey episode of a Colts podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated and the Horseshoe Huddle. My name's Brandon. I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Buddy, we got a victory Sunday on our hands. Colts beat the Patriots. Colts beat the Patriots. The rivalry is back on. I'm so glad you wore that shirt. I got a new sweatshirt. Hope you like it. Um, sir, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. How is Lucas Oil? Uh, what's going on? My goodness. What a performance by the Indianapolis Colts. It was a complete team effort. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor MVP moment. The defense playing absolutely lights out. Special teams had an impact. Oh, well, Carson Wentz only threw it 12 times. Lucas Oil Stadium was absolutely rocking. I haven't heard it that loud in probably probably since the Peyton Manning days, to be honest with you. It, it was just a different feel inside of that building last night. The Colts came out energized. They, they wanted to take it to the New England Patriots and put out a statement that they are for real, and they absolutely did that last night. Incredible victory, great performance by this team, and, and the, Colts are, the Colts are making a run for it. They're playing their best football at the right time. They are playing their best football at the right time. Last night was awesome, man. Um, when season? That was the loudest I've ever heard Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, stats, Matt. Stats, Matt. Let's go. Uh, good weekend for the Colts between the game and some other games uh, going the Colts' way. What else do we got? We got Titans. Do we? What What else am I uh, forgetting? Hey. Hello, Rusty. Thanks for joining us. Um, Andrew, what a football game. Colts win 27-17 over the New England Patriots. Mac Jones tried to bring him back, uh, but Jonathan Taylor said, no, I think we're done here. Uh, finished it up. I I was not feeling safe. I was talking a little shit towards the eight-minute mark. Um, I was talking a little smack at the eight-minute mark, and uh, I almost regretted it, but it was an awesome game. What was the atmosphere like there at the, there at the, the, uh, the game? It was like I said, it was the loudest that I've ever heard it. it. I wouldn't say ever heard it at Lucas Oil Stadium, but it's the loudest it's been in years. And, and it was really from the jump, too. I mean, I, I tweeted about it, that the Patriots were going off the field for for pregame warmups, and the stadium was only half full at that point. And the chorus of boos was rivaling probably the loudest it's been all year, even when it was half full at that point. So... The, the, the fans and the crowd brought a different energy to this game. The The Patriots had a lot of trouble with the crowd noise last night. I mean, there were three false starts. I think there was a, a point where, where Mac Jones had to even call a timeout because he couldn't communicate. The fans played a huge role, and that's what you want to see. That's what, that's what it really should be every week is because it energizes this team. And I think we saw that last night. The defense really fed off of that. And it, it not only forced Mac Jones into some mistakes, the, the Patriots offensive line into mistakes, but but it just, it just kept pushing that defense to go out there and really push the limits beyond aggressive really attack and i think that's that's an energy that that the colts and colts fans really need to bring each and every week whether it's the patriots or whether it's the jacksonville jaguars it doesn't matter this colts team and and they say it all the time, and maybe that's why it's not as as prevalent some weeks is because the colts always say bring the juice and maybe it can kind of mm -hmm. get watered down 
But when a team gets that energy from its home fan base and it plays to that level, the Colts, the Colts fan base can be as loud as any fan base in the league. Oh, and yeah. I think we need to see that more often because it played in a major impact last night. Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible atmosphere. I've not been to as many stadiums, obviously, uh, throughout the league as you have, but um, I mean, it's still, it's got to be still one of, I mean, it's got to be still one of the best stadiums in the league. Um, I really hope we end up with another Super Bowl there again one day. Um, one of my favorite Super Bowls ever happened there. Uh, but. Yeah, the playoff. I mean, I was look. I was watching highlights again today, just kind of refreshing my brain after you know a baby baby shower slash diaper party uh, all day experience. Um, and you know, Rex Ryan said it felt like a playoff game because these are two locks for playoff teams, which not entirely, but I get his point. Um, and like he said, we were running the football. And we're playing defense, and that's the type of thing that scares other teams um, going into the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I mean, stat point here. He said he could tell how chippy it got, which had made it feel just how important it was to both teams. And he's exactly right. Yeah. The, the game, when the Colts got out to that lead and the Patriots started trying to get the under the Colts skin, try to ruffle them up a little bit, and it did start getting real chippy there, especially in the third quarter. Yeah. And the Colts weren't backing down. If you, these older Colts teams, the Colts teams that are more finesse, maybe that would have hurt that team. Maybe it would have got yeah. under their skin and caused them to crumble and lose that game. Not this Colts team. This Colts team is, it has Quentin Nelson on the offensive line. It has Darius Leonard as the, the main linebacker. It has DeForest Buckner on that defensive line. Carson Wentz got fired up. And we'll talk about what happened with Carson Wentz in a bit. But this team wasn't going to be bullied by the New England Patriots. Instead, they were no the way. team that went out and did the bullying. They went out there. They controlled the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball in particular. And it really made things difficult for this Patriots team that had been winners of seven straight. And the Colts stopped them dead in their tracks. Yeah, uh, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome game. Um, I mean, I, I would have had to have walked away from that one even if we lost. Still saying... Uh, you know, that it was an incredible football game in general. Um, Jonathan Taylor, unbelievable. I mean, we've, we've been, we've been throwing him in the MVP conversation for a good few weeks now. Uh, after the, probably after the bills game, we were like, okay, this is a legitimate chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, last night he had his MVP moment. Uh, is what you have it in here. I've heard other people calling it that already. Um, it was unbelievable. 29 carries, 170 yards, and a touchdown to shut out that game. Uh, I mean, he's playing unbelievable football. 170 yards against a team that we were worried. Again, we didn't think he'd get shut down, but we said Jonathan Taylor's going to get his. But I'm telling you what. Death taxes and Jonathan Taylor breaking one off uh, because it just happens every single week. How does this keep happening? If we ever start making a Colts podcast merch, that's going on a t-shirt. Death a taxes and Jonathan right Taylor breaking one off. <laughs> just trademark, uh, trademark pending. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this guy. That was my article this morning that I wrote summarizing the game is Jonathan Taylor had his MVP moment. There were still people out there and watching NFL network, even ESPN, Fox sports, 
people saying that Jonathan Taylor, while he's a running back, he still doesn't deserve to be in the MVP conversation, whether it's a quarterback award, whether they talk about the Colts record and not them being division champions. And then there was people saying that while he had that big performance against the Buffalo Bills, when we talk about an MVP moment, that MVP moment means that the player does something in the clutch, has a performance in a very important game, or has a particular play that, that, that coincides with that performance in a very clutch moment. And that's what happened Saturday night. The Colts, the Patriots had stormed back in the fourth quarter, 17 unanswered points. They weren't getting anything from the passing game in Carson Wentz. And it was on Jonathan Taylor's shoulders to win this game. And, and I'll just, we'll talk about that play. And I want to start with the guys up front because the offensive line did a phenomenal job, especially on that play. Eric Fisher, for all that he has been, for how poor he's been in pass protection, has been fantastic in the running game. Quentin Nelson, back to his all-pro form. And shout out to Danny Pinter. Danny Pinter, again, yeah. playing in place of Ryan Kelly after Ryan Kelly had to miss last night. And Danny Pinter went out and had himself a hell of a ball game once again. They walled off that side of the defensive line, and then Jonathan Taylor did the rest. You have Dante Hightower and Devin McCourty, two players that have been champions on this Patriots defense for a long time. Jonathan Taylor just sticks his left foot in the ground, makes a miss, and you're not catching that dude. He's like a four-three speed guy. Yeah. He actually recorded the fastest time by any ball carrier in the league this season on that run as a top speed of 22.13 miles per hour. Kid was cooking down the field. Nobody's going to catch Jonathan Taylor when he gets out into the open field. And that was his MVP moment. The Colts sticking it to the top seed in the AFC, him cut, making that cut, taking it for that distance and sealing the game for the Indianapolis Colts. And I think at this point, if you're not talking about Jonathan Taylor in, in the MVP conversation, you're either number one, uh, an irrational Titans fan that's just butthurt because Derrick Henry didn't get it last year, or you're yeah. not paying attention yeah. because this kid is a superstar. He is put himself. He is the mm -hmm. best running back in the entire league, and he should be considered for the MVP this year. Well, absolutely. I believe that. And, and I think you're crazy if you don't. Well, and I think anybody that doesn't think Derrick Henry deserved it, you know, between him and Aaron Rodgers, Okay. It was between those two guys. Derrick Henry deserved a shot at it. Absolutely. But that doesn't, mm -hmm. just because he didn't get it doesn't mean, well, Jonathan Taylor doesn't get it this year. It's completely separate. You know, it's it's a two different things. And, and no, like we've said a million times right now, no quarterback has separated themselves. Nobody's Correct. separate. Now, they're, Aaron Rodgers playing another great year of football. Do they really want to give him uh, MVP two years in a row? Uh, I know the Packers don't want that. <laughs> I don't think the Packers want to win that MVP award again. Um, but... I just don't think there's anyone that stands out that you're like, oh, this is the lock right now, um, like you could have last year for Aaron Rodgers. So, um, man, we are just having the best night technically here. <laughs> Goodness gracious, YouTube, we apologize. Um, never would have known if you're listening to the podcast if I didn't ruin it here. But um, And now, of course, I'm lost. What was I saying? What I was, what go was going to say – what I was going to say is if, if you're talking about the top three guys, of the MVP conversation, it's probably Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, And then you put Jonathan Taylor right up there with those two, because I mean, Kyler Murray, that the Cardinals have completely fell off. Uh, you want to talk about Josh Allen, the, the bills might not even make Brady. the playoffs. 
you, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has, has started to come, has started to come on, but at the same time, he still has had a, a lot of turnovers this year and it's been more of the defense of the, of the Kansas city chiefs that's came on. So you have to consider Jonathan Taylor up there with Brady and Rogers for the MVP. He's award averaging this year. 5.8 yards a carry or something like 5.6 stats, Matt, please. Um, I looked at it today too. And I, so now I know it was over five and under six. Um, Hey, Rusty, thank you for sharing that to your group and many more. We appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, the, the, I, I feel like this is all we've talked about for the last five weeks, six weeks, two months. I feel like this is all we've talked about. Jonathan Taylor and how good he is. So, yeah, I mean, he's mm-hmm. got to be in the conversation. He's got to be at this point. Um, what Tyler, Tyler said he got in on Jonathan Taylor plus 3,000 before that game. I bet it's not plus 3,000 anymore. I would probably say it's not, but stats, Matt coming in in the clutch saying 5.6 yards after this week for Jonathan Taylor. Again, that's, that's incredible for a running back, especially for, for a running back where teams know that they're going through Jonathan Taylor to win these games and consistently uh, stacking the box and playing the run. It's, it's just incredible what he's doing. Hey, I'll give you one uh, stats, Matt, Jonathan Taylor in order to, to hit 2000, uh, needs to average 160.6 repeated. Uh, so about 161 yards a game here these last three games uh, to to get to 2,000. I don't think that's going to happen, um, but you never know. Right, and, and I think Brandon S. sums it up perfectly. He was probably what all of us were doing in the stadium and on TV. He said, I've never yelled louder at the TV at that JT breakaway. The entirety of Lucas Oil Stadium is right there with you, brother. Absolutely insane run. It was fantastic. All right. Now, real quick, let's talk. Can we talk about Michael Pippen Jr.? We don't have that in the outline. Uh, let's talk about how him getting booted from that game was bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I've rewatched it about a million times at this point, um, and somebody asked about it in the comments here earlier, uh, Darren. So, I mean, he made contact to the guy's face, face mask, kind you know, shoving back. Um, but I mean, he got ganged up on by two guys, got thrown to the ground. His head bounced off the turf, uh, without his helmet on at that point. Um, all he was trying to do is complete a block. And then this dude starts yanking on him. Uh, so Jonathan, T- uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Didn't deserve to be ejected from that game. I get why I guess they did it, but he didn't deserve it. I don't think he deserved it either. I mean, he definitely played a part, but sure. I think you would too if your helmet gets ripped off and you just get obliterated in the back because people aren't talking about it. Kyle Van Noy just comes out of nowhere and just shoves Michael Pittman very, very hard in the back for yeah. no reason at all. Stay out of the damn play, Kyle Van Noy. It's between Michael Pittman Jr. and Kyle Duggar. And I, if Kyle Duggar has a problem with getting blocked very hard on a running play. I mean, you're playing football, grow up and get over it. I, I think it was a complete cop-out by Carl Jeffers and, and that referee crew. They saw that the Duggar and, and Pittman got into it and they didn't see who started it. So it's a cop-out. You throw both of them out of there. So that's why I understand why, yeah. but at the same time, I mean, Carl, we, I've had a lot of issues with Carl Jeffers crew this year. You were worried about and, it. It wasn't as bad as, as we were thinking that game could have been. Wasn't as bad, but at the same time, it's a, it's a cop out at that point. You, you you really shouldn't penalize Pittman just because Kyle Duggar ripped his helmet off. That's not his fault or anything like yeah. that. And then and then Kyle Duggar, I saw take take a swing at him. So I think yep. it was, I, I think it was justified that Pittman reacted the way that he did. But unfortunately, that's what got him kicked out of the game. 
Uh, Carson Wentz only threw the ball 12 times. Thank God, because he was not having a good decision-making night necessarily. Uh, five for 12, 57 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Could have been three interceptions, really. Um, what, 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 I mean, was it, was it Pittman going out? Was it the pressure of the night? Was it just because he was barely throwing the football? So he never got into a rhythm. What in the hell was going on with Carson? Do you think? Man, my Wednesday article this week is not going to be pretty. And and here come here come the Wentz hater tweets this week, I'm sure. Carson Wentz was There's really no 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 else to put it. Carson Wentz was what? He, he was bad. He was very bad on on Saturday night. Yeah. And when you look when you look at I saw some of the film today and a lot of them he wasn't getting his feet right. There were plenty of balls where Michael Pittman Jr. was open and Wentz threw it behind him a couple times and when you're gonna especially on those crossing routes and when you see that happen especially when jc jackson one of the best cornerbacks in the nfl is in pursuit yeah. it's it's not going to end well and it, it didn't seem it seemed like when the colts did try to throw the ball well it wasn't very often it did seem like pressure was starting to get to him but the receivers just weren't getting open i mean ty hilton had one catch michael Pittman had one catch i think i think no receiver had more than one catch which with five completions that's that's ex- expected yeah. and really that touchdown wasn't even a touchdown throw he kind of just tossed it into Naheem Hines hands and Naheem took it around behind the Jonathan Taylor block and and while I'm well a win is a win in the NFL and and I don't want to dismiss that because if we we've been the ones talking about all year that we don't care if Carson Wentz doesn't have a bad, a bad or has a great game and they lose or if he has a bad game and they win. All we care about is if the Colts win the ball game. But at the same time, I still want to see Carson Wentz lead this team to victory in a very important game. I mean, against he's had multiple chances. I, the Baltimore game, I think that should have been his moment because he played phenomenal against Baltimore and the, the rest of the team let him down. But then against Tennessee, where if the Colts beat Tennessee right there, they're probably the the second seed in the AFC right now, and, and at least tied with Tennessee yeah. for for the division crown right now. So that's that's one that hurts. The one against the Rams, he got hurt, so I don't really put that on him. The one against Tampa Bay, eh, up in the air. But we still haven't seen Carson Wentz have that huge victory or that 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 victory where he pulls the team and he puts the team on his back. And now this isn't me saying I want him to do it every week. I don't because I don't think that's that would be su- sustained success for this Colts team. But I do want to see him get that signature victory where Carson Wentz performs well against top competition and gets the victory for the Colts. So, well, I'm not I'm not too concerned, and and I don't think Frank Reich is either. Frank Reich said after the game that that they're not concerned with the passing offense because they've yeah. shown they've been maybe they they're still third in the league in scoring. They're they're doing something right here, but at the same time, there is going to be a time probably in the playoffs where Carson Wentz is going to have to make the throws against top competition and lead this team to victory. And it's, it, can he do it? We just don't know because we haven't seen it so far. Him overthrowing Pittman was ugly, but I mean, he's also made that pass multiple times this season. Prettiest ball. Mm-hmm. One of the prettiest balls he's thrown all season was way down the field to Ashton Doolin. So um, bleed blue says, I'm not saying anything by this, but I don't know if you guys know last time we swept the AFC East, we got a Super Bowl ring that year. Huh. People forget. 
People forget. Interesting. I love that stat. Stats, Matt. Look out. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it. I mean, he only threw the ball 12, 12 times, so the 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 lack of yardage, you know, doesn't doesn't kill me much. Um, it's the it's the interception, the decision that was made there. There were other decisions that were bothersome that missed that missed a Pittman. Um, but at the end of the day, he still put one in the end zone, and we still won the game. And I think and, you're. I think you are spot on though. The decision, the decision making was very questionable at best. I think I saw, and, and pro again, pro football focus. They, well, they're a good resource. They're not the Bible by any means. Pro football focus graded. They said a third of Carson Wentz's throws last night were turnover worthy plays. That's bad by any measure, whether you throw 12 passes, whether you throw 20 passes, that's bad. And, and I do, I do realize the Patriots secondary. Yeah. If not, if if they're not one of the best, they are the best in the NFL. They have some dogs in that secondary, and, and they do a lot of disguises that makes things complicated. Carson Wentz did admit last night that they did some things that were a little bit confusing to him. But at the same time, you can't force the ball and 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 give those chances for this Patriots defense to take advantage of it because. I have a feeling in the playoffs, you're not going to be so lucky and it could lead to the Colts getting ousted. So I hope Carson Wentz really looks at the film, really looks at the defense, what they were doing, learns from it, and then just move on because it was a bad game. Quarterbacks are going to have bad games from time to time. Peyton Manning threw six interceptions in a game against the Chargers before. So that's five. Every five, six, still bad. Still terrible. Ugly. I'll never forget every, that game. Every Every quarterback has bad games. Thankfully, it didn't penalize the Colts, and they did come out with a W, but I do want to see Carson Wentz really learn from this and clean it up next Saturday night against the Cardinals. So no cause for concern moving forward? I would say as of right now, no. By the way, Cardinals, I'm sorry to interrupt you after I just asked you a question, but by the way, Cardinals looking real beatable right now. DeAndre Hopkins uh, out for the rest of the regular season at least, and then they go off and blow it against the uh, the the Lions. Spoiler alert: if you haven't checked scores today, uh, it's at the bottom. Cardinals decided to lose the Lions today, so I'm feeling a hell of a lot better about our chances to have a very merry Christmas next week. This week, we'll talk we'll talk about it on Wednesday, but but I, I think it's a combination of the wide receiver group from for the Colts really is lacking people at this point outside of Michael Pittman Jr. for Wentz to go to. I think that can be addressed in the offseason. But I think Wentz does continue to need to work on his mechanics and work on his decision making. And and I think that will that will just progress down the line, especially being in Frank Reich's offense longer, trusting his receivers, getting more weapons for him. But as far as this year is concerned, I'm not too overly concerned about it, but I don't want to see this start to become a pattern, especially as we're heading into the playoffs when you want Carson Wentz to be playing his best ball. Yeah, and at the end, of, like we said, too, I mean, as long as Jonathan Taylor can keep this up, he was just moving grown men, multiple grown men, shoving people around. Always moving the pile. I can't stop talking about it. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, defense just absolutely lights out. Um, someone say, yeah, but what about the second half? What about the fourth quarter? Well, when you're spending ninety percent of the game all the on the field all of a sudden because the offense just can't get the wheels turning, eventually the the uh, the opposing offense is going to start scoring some points. But I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Two interceptions. Leonard and Okereke. Uh, a Buckner sack. Leonard, unreal. Another block punt. I mean, we can go on and on. Let's talk about the defense. 
the defense and credit to Matt Eberflus, this defense is playing how we expected them to, to play in the beginning of the year. And I, I could, I didn't even put this in here, but Kenny Moore had a couple of very good pass breakups. Rocky sin was targeted one time yesterday, one time. And it was a pass breakup. People, the quarterbacks aren't throwing at Rocky sin right now, which at the beginning of the year, did you think we were going to say that? But, but you brought up Leonard, his stat line, 10 tackles, a tackle for loss, an interception, a forced fumble and a pass deflection. I think it's safe and to negative say three return yards. I think it's safe to say Darius Leonard is a hundred percent. Darius Leonard oh, yeah. looks like the maniac oh, yeah. that we expected. And and that's scary for the rest of this team. Now I do think that the pass rush could have been a little bit better, but, but as far as the entire defensive performance, I mean, it was 20 to nothing at the end of the third, the Colts had went seven straight quarters without allowing a point. And I mean, yeah, you could say it was against Houston. Well, Houston just put up 30 today on the Jacksonville defense. So they, they did something right there and, and the Patriots are the Patriots. And, and yes, they did give up 17 points in the fourth quarter, but like you were saying, the, the, they were on the field for a majority of that second half because the offense really didn't get rolling until towards the middle of the fourth quarter. When you saw Jonathan Taylor start to finally take over and, and wear that Patriots defense down so they could stay on the field. This defense is playing championship level defense right now. They're doing they're doing fantastic things with their disguises. I saw multiple times made it an effort last night to watch the safeties, watching Kari Willis and watching Anderson Deho. They all would almost I would say at least 75% of the plays, the safeties would start out in one position. And mm -hmm. as soon as the ball would snap, they'd completely switch coverages. And that made Mac Jones hold onto the ball a second longer. It, it created some, some bad plays by that Patriots offense. It confused him because he threw two interceptions and, for all the grief we give the linebackers and their pass coverage, the yeah. linebackers are the one that came up with the interceptions. Leonard and O'Karake were all over the place last night. This is what the Colts want to be in this, in December and January. They want to be a team that, that runs the ball and destroys you physically. And they want to be a, a defense that flies around the field, creates turnovers. By the way, they're at 31 turnovers right now. So 40 is within shot for this Colts defense. Free game. Free game. Three a game. I said three a game. Yeah, three a game. That's not, forty. It's not a. It's not a couple. <laughs> it's that's a lot of turnovers yet to go, but still. Well, yeah, I mean, you're facing. I mean, Kyler Murray's been turning the ball over. Derek Carr is always a, a wild card, and then the Jaguars. The, the Jaguars will turn the ball over plenty if you if you force them into it. So it's definitely feasible. This Colts defense, though, is playing championship football at the right time, and I'm. I'm I mean, I we both have really ripped on Matt. Ibrahus earlier in the year for how this defense was playing. And I'm going to give him his credit. He he's really getting these guys to buy in. Yep. He's been fantastic with the schemes and and how he's disguising these defenses. And the Colts defensive stars are all playing fantastic football at the right time. You love to see it. Go ahead and read this one, Andrew. And Sandejo, can we give some uh, Sandejo some credit, please? From from Bleed Blue. Sadeo, I think, probably played his best game. Now, I mean, he did get injured, which was tough to see. I mean, that was a hard lick. I heard yeah. it way up in my seats. And but he did he did play fairly well. And, and it was good to see because Sadeo has not looked good pretty much his entire time with the Indianapolis Colts. And it came at the right time. Yep. Uh and another block punt for a touchdown. Thank God, by the way. 
Uh, I mean, I, right there, I was like, oh, my gosh. We might control this football game. We might be able to do this. Of course, we did not keep, you know, our foot on their throat, but I'll still take the uh, the uh, special teams touchdown. Bubba Ventrone is going to be a head coach in this league, and it very well could be this offseason. How many times are we constantly talking about how we, they show him in hard knocks? He's going to say, oh, this is going to happen. We're going to have a chance to block upon here, make a play here. And it always happens. I, I, Frank Reich said it last night. Bubba did it again. He was talking about where their, their weaknesses were in their, in their punt game, and the Colts exploited it. Bubba Ventrone is uh, one of the best, if not the best, special teams coordinator in the game right now. He's absolutely on fire. And they've turned, they've turned special teams into one of the strengths of this team. Yeah. And, and it's something that championship teams do. The Patriots have always been very, very good at special teams, and it's led to championships. It's, it's, this, it's this part of the game that not very many people think about, but the Colts put such a high emphasis on, especially for the guys towards the end of the roster, and it's paying huge dividends now for this team. Ooh, paying dividends. I like that one. That's a good phrase. Uh, <laughs> before we move on, uh, I want to – Realistically, we keep talking about Jonathan Taylor's chances at MVP. What are Darius Leonard's chances at Defensive Player of the Year? I'd say they're not as good as Jonathan Taylor's for MVP, and that's just because there's there's a lot of defensive players, especially you think of T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt very well might break the sack record this year. Yeah. I think he's at 17 or 18 after today. So, it, uh, And I think with Darius Leonard, while he is playing incredible, and I think he's deserving of another all-pro nod, I just don't think oh. because it's it's not like record breaking anything he's doing. That's that's probably where the the record is or the the award is going to go. Probably like a TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, one of those pass rushers. Forced turnover in almost every single game. Yeah, I mean he, true. he's got he's got as many turnovers forced as uh, uh, Watt does sacks almost. Um, Brady throws an interception on the first pass of the game. Love to see that. Thank you, stats, Matt. Um, the day the day keeps getting better. Um, <laughs> Andrew, what does this what does this win mean for the Indianapolis Colts? I think it just shows that they can play with with everybody. They can play with any team on any given Sunday, and and they've really shown that all year long. That they, whether and they could win in multiple different ways. I mean, while while they haven't necessarily beaten a top team by by leading through the air, we've seen the Colts have great passing performances so this year at other times. Then if if they're not having success through the air. You hand it to your superstar MVP running back, Jonathan Taylor, and it doesn't seem like anybody is able to to stop him. The offensive line is clicking. The defense is clicking right now. It just, I think it, it gives this team extra confidence to know, you know, we did win. We beat the top seeded Patriots. We can beat anybody in the AFC and in, and, and in this league. And, and I think this is just going to be a huge confidence boost for them to show that they can do it. And, and now it is looking more and more likely that the Colts are going to get into the playoffs. If I'm another play, if I'm another team in those playoffs, I really, really do not want to play the Indianapolis Colts right now because no. they are a scary football team. You do not want to play the Colts right now. Uh, what are we shaping up to look like here? Playoff wise, who we would end up playing? Where is my, here we go. Right right now, I think they would play Baltimore. In Baltimore, which, hey, the Colts should have beat Baltimore. They very well could, they this time could do it. 
Baltimore. And while, while I don't, you're, no, 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 no. Cincinnati's leading that division. Did Cincinnati? Uh, Cincinnati get the right now is it's currently Cincinnati. Yeah, I think they beat Baltimore twice. If they did, then yeah, they would own the Cincinnati. tiebreaker. So, so we play so Cincinnati. Interesting. Be in Cincinnati. Ooh, playoff game, Andrew. A little away playoff game outside in the cold. Ooh, just maybe. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> let's it. see. Who the ti- Go ahead. Sorry. Before uh, before we kind of move on, I, this is something I, I didn't put in in our outline, but I want to talk about it. I want to talk about Frank Reich. You okay. were dead on with your X factor this week, Hmm. Frank Reich. I think I even texted this to you. Frank Reich is absolutely fearless. And he did not, he did not play scared of bill Belichick yesterday. He didn't care that bill Belichick and the Patriots were going to stack the box. He was giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor and letting his MVP running back go to work. Yeah. He didn't care that there were times where it was fourth down in the own Colts territory. Yep. He said, we're going to go for this. Yep. We're, we're dominating the line of scrimmage. We're going to be able to get one yard on you. Three quarterback sneaks with Carson Wentz on fourth down, three first downs. That's the best Carson. That's the best thing Carson Wentz really did all day yeah. yesterday was pick up those, those first downs on, on those QB sneaks. And that's what you want to see from Frank Reich. And I think that's what people love. That's why this team loves Frank Reich so much. He doesn't play scared. He doesn't care who that the Colts are playing. He's going to stay true to himself. Yep. He's going to be aggressive. And he's going to play to win. He's not going to play not to lose. And, and I think that really showed yesterday. And, and it had a big impact on this game. Because the Colts very easily could have punted some of those balls away. Let the Patriots keep going. Keep that defense on the field and tire them out. And the game could have ended completely differently. Yeah. Not Frank Reich. He was going to take it to the Patriots, and he was going to go down swinging, and I absolutely love that. So huge shout-out to Frank Reich. He, he called a hell of a game yesterday. Uh, so we are – because we have a better record overall. There's no – the tiebreaker doesn't matter because we've got a better record. Um, they're 8-6. and six. We're 9-5 and five now, right? Is that right? 9-6? and six? Something like that. Uh, we are we are eight and six, and they just lost today, so that's why. Um, all right, what's next? Where are we at here? I'm all jumbled up. I I got playoffs on the mind. I got football on the mind. Uh, other Colts news: injuries, piss. Go ahead, just one, just one, and it's just Antoine Woods. He went on IR with a calf. That there were no injuries coming out of the game against New England, which is great. And then I didn't put this in the news, but and, and I don't really want to, I don't think it's our place to really talk about it too much. But I think if you're a Colts fan, you kind of know Teasing Ryan Kelly please. and his wife are, are going through some things right now um, in their personal life. And a prayer's up to both of them in this very tough situation. Um, if we're not, it's not our place to really talk about it. So if you want to look it up, you can. It's on social media, but definitely keep Ryan Kelly and his wife in your thoughts. And prayers um, at this time, and uh, Colts went out there and played for seventy-eight last night. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, hard knocks. Did you hard watch hard knocks? knocks? I watched. I did. Did you? About twenty twenty-five minutes of hard knocks. Because about twenty twenty-five minutes before we started, I remembered. Oh shit! I haven't watched hard knocks. So I did get some of it in. I had a busy day. I traveled. I've been up since, you know, six. So I've, I've got an excuse for something every week, don't I? Um, but it was good. Off to a good start. I think uh, so far in the episode, my favorite part has been Frank Reich just selling the bye week as if it's the biggest game of their life. Um, 
I thought that was absolutely hilarious. This week's episode is going to be real good. Um, but then, you know, they're they're doing. I'm, I'm during the Jim Ursay part where they're showing off the the guitars and whatnot. Oh, what one's your favorite one? And then they showed the Lombardi. I said, well, that's my favorite one. <laughs> I was like, that's my personal favorite. Jim Ursay is awesome, man. I loved how they showed they got Ursay and and the entire Ursay family more involved in in Hard Knocks and and I think. When you talk about Frank Reich acting like the bye week was was so huge, oh, I mean it's working. The Colts came out, yeah, and absolutely like with that fire and passion to beat the Patriots. And now Frank Reich is four and zero after bye weeks as the head coach of the Colts. So I, I thought that was really cool. I, I kind of wondered how they were going to do this because the players were in the facility. How were they going to showcase? the players and, and the Colts on the bye week. And I liked how they went with their families just to kind of show yeah. the guys getting away, showing Darius Leonard getting constant treatment on his ankle. And, and sure enough, it looks like it was, it, it paid dividends again okay. and, and it was, it was fantastic to see. So I, I, yeah, it was a little bit shorter episode, but it was nice to kind of see how each guy goes about spending their bye week Sire Franklin go into his hometown, Darius Leonard with his treatment, uh, DeForest Buckner go into, uh, to Disney world with his wife and, and, and kid. It was all really cool to his see. His kid did not look like he was having a great time on the Dumbo ride. <laughs> did not look like he was enjoying himself. That was very funny. Um, yeah, it, no, and I and I'm not saying the bye week's not important and taking care of your body and whatnot, but him going, how are we going to go one and zero during the bye week? I'm like, come, Frank, you are the most hilarious human being alive. Um, but yeah, Jim Irsay is an absolute legend. Um, the team picture was fun too, and uh, them showing like the other side of the Kenny Moore interview with Pat. I thought that was really interesting because we listened to Pat's show and uh, shout out to to them. Mr. Pat McAfee for being on uh, our Knox. He's just big time now. Um, so that was really cool too. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the things with hard knocks where with the in season portion of it, that, that you don't typically see so with different. the, with the, the training camp version of hard knocks knocks, yeah. because it, it is so completely different. And I thought it was funny that they were kind of giving Darius a hard time because he wore the blue sleeves and everybody Hilarious. else had white sleeves on. So this team and it's it's really cool to see the bond and, and you hear you hear chris ballard frank reich saying oh though the locker room drives this thing the locker room is what makes a successful team and you're thinking that's just coach talk that's gm talk whatever it's real though like this yeah. this this locker room is so close and it means it's just different here in indianapolis it just is yeah all right Enough Colts for today. We'll talk more about our boys in blue come Wednesday for the preview episode for the Christmas game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, week 15, Andrew, a little uh, little chaos this week. Got a couple games. Yes, uh, got a little extra game tomorrow. couple extra games on Tuesday, uh, which is two more than normal. Uh, few, few, few delays. What'd you think about the delays? Because they said they were not doing it this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know. But at the same time, if they're not going to do it, why did they make such a big fuss about it earlier in the year about postponing games? And, And I think the explanation that I heard was, if they weren't if they weren't going to do it or they weren't going to move games if if teams were were deliberately violating protocols or or something like that 
but at the same yeah. time, it, it doesn't seem like it's fair for the three teams that that did that aren't having COVID issues. And now for the Eagles, the Eagles actually are starting to have some COVID issues, and they wouldn't have if the team it wouldn't be affecting him if the game was actually on the day that it was supposed to be held. So, I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy. It's, but I think the NFL's trying its best to get every, every game in and try to do it fairly. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they don't don't make any money if they don't air a game too. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a big mean threat. I don't think it's going to happen ever. I don't think they're going to cancel a game. Um, you talked a little bit in your interview. You can definitely tell, uh, what side of the line, uh, you were interviewed by that Boston radio show, by the way. Congratulations. That was pretty neat. Um, Thank you. Nobody ever reaches out to me for this kind of shit. What's going on? Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they were asking, you know, you know, do you think that we're going to have another sports shutdown? Blah, blah. No, we're not. We got we went through a whole season, like you said, on the show without a vaccine. Um, and, you know, everybody made it out alive. So uh, I don't see any shutdowns happening. Um, in regards to the country itself or uh, the NFL, for sure. But especially with a vaccine being yeah. available. And the thing is, too, the NFL and NFLPA are actually adjusting the protocols to make it so players that did test positive but are asymptomatic and are, vac- and are vaccinated can actually come back sooner. So, so that way they can... They're they're trying to make it so this doesn't happen because a lot of the cases, a lot of the positive cases that are coming up, players are asymptomatic, they feel yeah. fine, and it's just causing a bunch of uh, a bunch of moving around when re- and re- realistically doesn't need to happen. Yeah. All right. Week fifteen slate of games. Chiefs win thirty four twenty eight against Chargers. They were losing late. Uh, they forced overtime uh, and they went out and won the football game in typical Chiefs fashion. I think they're fully back. Um, do you agree? They they sure do look scary. Now, Holy did you, shit, did you Travis watch Kelsey? By the way, did you watch this game? I on did Thursday not watch night? the whole game. I watched some of the game. My goodness, uh, we're just as plural. We're are we are absolutely blessed to have Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes for the next. 12 to 14 years these yeah. battles are going to be incredible both incredibly special talents special kids and and the chargers are a very good football team they just ran into the buzzsaw that is the the kansas city chiefs and travis now. kelsey 100 travis kelsey. 10 receptions 191 yards and two touchdowns i mean tyree kill had a game too 148 yards and a touchdown the chiefs are now back as the number one seed in the afc unbelievable we helped them get there. Good for us. How nice of us. That was great. Um, Bills, 31, Panthers, 14. Uh, that's pretty well how we expected that one to go, as long as the Bills decided to show up. Yeah, the Panthers Panthers still have very, very bad issues at quarterback. While Cam Newton has scored a, a rushing touchdown, at least, in, in every game that he's been back, it just doesn't look good in Carolina. And it does It doesn't and our buddies there at four man rush for a Panthers podcast, they are all in on getting Matt rule and that staff out of there. It's, it's not good in Carolina. They didn't they give him an unprecedented head coach deal too. It was up there and they, they're giving him a lot of control of the roster as well. Yeah. Um, Lions 30 Cardinals 12. What, what, why, <laughs> what, who, what happened? I did not watch this game. What happened? Jared Goff is elite. That's what well, happened. Jared Goff. Ooh, love this. Love 
Jared Goff is elite. Carry on. <laughs> but but the 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 Cardinals just seemed like they couldn't do anything right, and and really. I think I think the miss, missing DeAndre Hopkins definitely affects Kyler Murray a lot. The 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 defense of the Cardinals really couldn't stop anything that the Lions were doing. And and I think I mean this is two weeks in a row that this defense for the Arizona Cardinals has looked has looked pretty bad. And they're coming up against Jonathan Taylor and this Colts offense that it seems to be humming. And and I'm sure Carson Wentz is not going to play as poorly as he did on Saturday night. So you're going to have a very high powered offense coming into Arizona, ready to attack and ready to get another win under their belt. So the Cardinals playing real pissed off things up quick. They're going to be playing real pissed off too. Nobody likes missing Christmas for work. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's just unbelievable. The lines that, I mean, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco are besties. That's just the way I look at it. <laughs> Two most elite quarterbacks of all time. Uh, Dolphins 31, Jets 24. That was a bit of a scare for the Dolphins at first. Were you keeping an eye on the score of that game? I saw that. The Jets got out to a pretty big lead, but Tua yep. brought them back, and, and suddenly the Dolphins are right in the thick of it. They're 7-7 seven and seven now, and, and they very well could sneak into the playoffs somehow. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Cowboys 21, Giants 6, no surprise there. Uh, Giants aren't very good, uh, and need, it, Danny Dimes didn't play. Not that that would have helped. Um, and what's-his-face, Glennon just stinks. The Giants desperately need a quarterback. I don't think it would have been much different if, if Daniel Jones was in there, to be honest with you. They desperately need a quarterback. They need help at wide receiver because none of their wide receivers, it seems like, could stay healthy. Yep. Uh, Giants have a lot of work to do. Steelers 19, Titans 13. Did you watch the end of that one? I did. Let's let's talk about that. It was a terrible spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, Was not a good spot. But how in God's name can you put the ball where they did and look at where that ball was and go, that's not a first down. How did that happen? I don't, I, I don't know. But it's that the referee crew in that game was was pretty bad all around. Not 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 just with that last ball spot, but but other calls throughout the game. But the, that's I think the bigger storyline here overall is the Titans are imploding. They are a completely different team with AJ Brown is still out. Yeah. Julio Jones finally made his return and then was ruled out as that hamstring got dinged up again. So who knows if he's going to go back on IR and Ryan Tannehill does not, is not the same quarterback without that big supporting cast around him. And now with three games left, the Colts are of, of winning the AFC South. So obviously they're going to still need a lot of help, but the Titans play a San Francisco team that is, is rolling right now. They play Miami, Miami, and they play Houston. Yeah. There's a very real chance that, that the Titans could lose to the 49ers they could and lose to two. the Dolphins. They could lose and the Colts, the Colton's the Colts play Arizona, Las Vegas and Jacksonville. So while it did seem like it only a few weeks ago, this AFC South battle, it, it, it might not be quite over quite yet. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they dropped three and we would need them to drop three. Wouldn't we? Or could we just two? We, wow. If the Colts, if the Colts, if the Colts win out, right. they would only need to lose two, which is possible. Mm-hmm. Very realistic. Um, what is it really only, sorry, I'm pulling up the standings here again. 
They lead by one game because the Titans are nine and five. The Colts are eight and six, yeah. but the Titans own the tiebreaker be because enough. they swept the Colts. Two would be enough. I, you know what though, I want to uh, kind of want to play the Titans in the playoffs. That's what I'm at the, at this point. That's what I'm really wanting. Um, but it's not looking like that's gonna. That's the way it's gonna shape up. So, uh, who else we got? Bengals fifteen, Broncos ten. I skipped the Texans. I'll come back to it. Um, not not a very impressive win, uh, but it's hard to score this time of year in Denver. It's hard not to score against Denver. Not, yeah, and, and I think the big storyline of that was Teddy Bridgewater had to leave on a stretcher, so prayers up to oh, him. I did hopefully, not see that. He's, hopefully he he's okay. But, but hey, the Bengals are really making a push for that AFC North crown, and, and if the Browns lose tomorrow night – I mean that it's still basically a four-team race at this point for the AFC North, so the Browns are going to have to win to stay to stay in contention. Hey Rick, hey Rick, go Colts! Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! Uh, sorry, I had to throw that up there. Uh, Texans thirty, Jaguars sixteen. That sucks. That bummed me out. I wanted the Jags thought, to win. Thought the Jags were going to rebound after firing Urban Meyer. Got a fire alert under him. By the way, and nope, they're. Still, still a lot of work left to be done there in Jacksonville. Uh, 49ers, 31. Falcons, 13. Uh, did not work out the way I had hoped because I was just going to laugh at you hard <laughs> if the Falcons won that game. Man, Debo, Sa- Debo Samuel is next level. I mean, I think Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel are locks to make the all-pro team for yeah. at the wide receiver position. Just Those two are head and shoulders above the rest of the league this year at yeah. the wide receiver position. And Packers 31, Ravens 30. I didn't get a chance to catch the end of that one either, uh, but close game. John Harbaugh, once again, going for two at the end of the game to try to win it. I mean, uh, Huntley gets the rushing touchdown with 42 seconds left, and instead of having Justin Tucker go out there to kick it and then relying on the defense, they go for two, can't get it, can't get the onside kick. That's twice now that the Ravens have done that and, and it's bitten them both times. So pretty, pretty crazy to see uh, John Harbaugh. I mean, at some point, sometimes you love the aggression, but other times, man, just give your team a chance in overtime. Packers just keep finding ways to win. Very true. They just keep finding ways to win. And it's not, it's not been pretty and it feels like they're not dominating right now, but they, at the end of the day, they don't give a damn how it's done. Uh, it's that, that extra one in the W column. So, um, right. And as and as one season says, I mean, the Ravens are now eighth in the AFC mm-hmm. and they were, I mean, they were fourth to start the day. So pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's absolutely hilarious that he went for it, uh, went for two there um, because, you know, all he was trying to do is prove his point. Did not pan oh, out. Yeah. Did not pan out. Uh, news around the league. Andrew Jaguars already have fired head coach Urban Meyer. Uh, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel will serve as the interim head coach. Can't go around telling your assistant coaches they're they're losers. Just tell them they're losers. I heard him say that uh, there was a report saying that he told his assistant coaches that he had a he had better assistance at Bowling Green in college. Um, he kicked uh, Josh Lambeau's leg during pregame warmups and said, "Hey, don't miss don't miss your kicks," and then said a cur- and then cursed at him. Just Urban, what are you doing? Urban Meyer. I mean, his NFL coaching career, obviously over. I don't even know if he gets another college chance. I don't know if you know if he wants it, to be yeah, honest. I, just doesn't seem like a very good human being. I he, he can't handle losing, man. 
he just he just can't handle losing. And we talked about that nope. to to start the year. We and you know mm-hmm. when he came into our division, uh, could he turn it around or is he going to be able to handle uh, losing football games? He was not able to handle it, and uh, mm-hmm. now he's gone. So. Uh, games moved due to COVID outbreaks. Raiders, Browns moved to Monday. Washington, Eagles moved to Tuesday. Seahawks, Rams moved to Tuesday. We talked about this, so pretty standard. So hope. I mean, it's gonna suck for those teams being on a short week and being Christmas week as well. Yeah, that um, sucks. I mean, but hey, we'll we'll see what happens. I I, I think especially that Raiders Browns game. As far as the Colts are concerned, that's obviously the biggest one that affects the playoff standings and and how those teams um, fall in as they make the late season push. Uh, This one, Justin, one hour after Andrew and I finished our last episode, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins will miss the rest of the regular season with a torn MCL expected to be out six weeks, so he could come back for the playoffs. Um, Larry Fitzgerald time? I didn't think about that, but that's interesting. I, at this point, I don't know if, if they would do that, but it seems like Christian Kirk would probably have a bigger role at this point with, with, with Hopkins out. But, but Ian Rappaport was saying that, that Hopkins probably wouldn't return at the, at the earliest until like the NFC championship game or the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. So the Cardinals themselves are going to have to make a deep run before DeAndre Hopkins would even be available to come back. It'll be tough. Uh, Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson will miss the rest of the season after having thumb surgery. He's such a good tight end and he's stuck there in Detroit. I, I mean, I wish he would, I wish he would just get out of there and, and go to a good team because he's very talented tight end. Yes, sir. All right, Andrew, are you ready? Let's do it. The Colts player of the game. It's the best decision I've ever made. Andrew. You love it. Who's your Colts player of the game? I bet it's the same as the FedEx player of the week. FedEx ground Ground player player of the the week. week. JT for MVP. Jonathan Taylor, 29 carries, 170 yards, and a touchdown. The MVP moment happened last night in the fourth quarter to seal the game for the Indianapolis Colts over the Patriots. And, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. You can't go wrong. Jonathan Taylor, it should have been Jonathan Taylor. Colts player of the game against the Patriots. I'm I'm gonna stick with you on this one. Hard hard to argue that one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm we're Jonathan Taylor. Darius Leonard, maybe? Maybe. Maybe Darius Leonard. Yeah, Darius Leonard. But we'll give a defensive player of the game. Frank Reich, not the player (laughs) of the game, uh, but we'll give it to him anyway. Uh, It was a good game. I'm really happy with that. I'm really happy with that win. Um, I'm so – I literally do not care that Carson Wentz played like shit. I don't. Am I happy about it? No, but I am not upset. I am am happy to get out of of that game with a win. Um, You know, and one more real – worrisome game left on the schedule uh and hopefully we can get through that one too yeah absolutely i think it was it was it was good to see the the colts really attack this patriots team get their first win against the patriots since 2009 get some momentum going to the final three weeks of the season love that gave the ball the game ball to ursay good for him yep uh that's it thanks for listening guys go follow us um at a colts podcast on instagram twitter facebook um those of you who have shared our stuff um thank you again we appreciate that we'd love to grow some more um so tell your friends tell your family tell your pastor uh 
you know, if they like football and they like a guy that occasionally drops um, some S bombs, uh, the the very rare F bomb these days, um, and he and they can deal with that. Let them know. Send them my way. Uh, we'd love to. Would love to have them. Um, Andrew, any final thoughts before Peyton Manning sends us out of here? Appreciate all the love. Great, great interaction tonight, and let's keep it rolling. Let's Go keep it rolling. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.